0: Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is like the shining sun that grows ever brighter until the perfect day. It, it uses the illustration of the sun coming up, doesn't it? Now, when the sun comes up, it starts, is, this, is, is the morning, the, the moment of dawn, is the sh- sun shining at its brightest? So what happens with the sun? The sun comes up until the full light of day, kind of midday, yeah. And he says, "This is what the path of the just is like. It's like the shining sun that grows ever brighter until the perfect day." That means it gets better. Who's, who's that talking about? We're God's people. What what is, what does this mean? That as my life progresses, ever as I progress through. Life and get older. Is there a promise from God that things are going to get better? That's a promise. That that's an amazing promise from God. There. Now, what does it say about the, the verse nineteen? The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Okay. Why well, they they walking in the way of darkness? They are walking in you know their path doesn't necessarily get better, does it? How many of you know, you know, we hear we hear phrases, you know, I, I can't even remember all the different phrases, but people say things, you know, oh, I'm a bit over the hill now, Now, you know. Anyone ever heard phrases like that? You reach a certain age and say, oh, you're over the hill. I'm like, what hill? Man, we're moving mountains around here. <laughs> okay? It's not over the hill. Oh, it's all downhill from now. Have you ever heard that one? It's all downhill. What, how does the enemy want us thinking? The enemy wants you to think that our best years are in the past. Oh, the good old days. You look at all these phrases. It's all downhill from now. Uh, over the hill, the good old days. <laughs> do you th- who do you think these phrases came from? You think God stirred those phrases up? Oh, you know, my best days were in the past. Do you remember the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness? All they could do was look back longingly at the past because they had no vision of what was was, was ahead. Their expectancy for what was ahead was bad. We're going to die. It's all going to go wrong. So they look back longingly. Oh, I wish it was like it was then. Is that how it's supposed to be with God? How I many of you know, it's going to get better and better and better. And then we step over into, into eternity and it's going to get even better and better and better. It's not supposed to <coughs> fizzle out. You know, like, you know, like a, you launched it, you know, you like a little toy rocket with your kids. And you think, oh, it's going to go into the sky. And it goes, and go, fizzle out on the ground. Like, oh, okay. That was a bit of a letdown. Anyone ever done that? <laughs> that? That's not what the life with God's like. What, is, what does he say the life of the just is like? And the, the, uh, it gets better. Does that, does that scripture just apply until you're 40 years old, and then after that, well, you know, natural life kicks in? Did he say, with long life I will satisfy you? Satisfy. That sounds good. Satisfy. So, again, this isn't my message. But I had the my heart there in worship that we we should have an expectancy and a belief. My best years are ahead, not too far in the future. Don't put them. Don't you see that's the other problem. People put them all the way up in the future. One day, one day it's going to have one day. And then it suddenly becomes almost like, like, you know, like the lottery. Oh, I wish it's going to be me. Oh, when one day, one day, when I step into one day, when I step into this, these are all see. The enemy either wants you to put it all the way in the past or all the way in the future. Now it's good to have a vision, yes, I'm, but not not in the sense of it's going to take me 50 years to step into it. More in the sense of I'm stepping in, I'm moving up. Father, I thank you that you're taking me into better things. I thank you, Father God, my life's getting better. I, I don't have to. I don't have to think, you know, that, that my call or the enemy, that God's written me off. It's the enemy who sits on your shoulder. The enemy wants us thinking it all hope is gone. And this scripture right here, just as we were worshiping, was on my heart. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter what your age is. With God, when you come before Him and you follow Him, what do you know? He's got be- He's got better for me. And I'm st- and not just not just He's got better for me, and we're putting it off in the distant future. But the attitude of He's got better for me, and I'm stepping into it. Thank you, Lord. I'm stepping up. I'm stepping into what you've got for me. I'm not, I'm I'm not ta- I'm not settling for less. In fact, this is going to lead me into what I'm what I'm going to teach on. That was the scripture I had on my heart for, from worship there. I just had the sense of we're stepping into some better things. And that's for us as a church, but also for for individuals. That's for you as individuals. Uh, the enemy wants to just put a dark cloud and just say, Oh, it's all downhill from now. It's all gonna get worse from now, you know, and look back at the good old days. Oh, I wish, oh, I wish, oh, I wish. We are not like the world. What, what produces in us a vision and an expectancy and a belief that, 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 uh, that, I, that God's got good things for me? The Word. The Word produces that inside of you. Where did God say, I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts to just dwindle your life down like a rocket that goes, I didn't say that. It doesn't say that. It's thought, I know the plans, the thoughts I have for you. Plans to for good. Plans to prosper you. Plans to take you forward onto better things. Okay. Now you know it, 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 there might be seasons where it feels like you're going through a bit of a wilderness. You might, and that see, that's where the children of Israel. It was the transition from Egypt into the better land, where they were in the wilderness that they lost their vision. And sometimes you end up going through a wilderness when you're from one transition to another. But that's, that's where the challenge is. Do I now get caught up in thinking this is hopelessness and I just look back? Or do I get a vision of what's, what's ahead? What did, what did the Bible say about Jesus? Hebrews 12. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know why he could go through the cross? Because his eyes were not on the cross, he wasn't looking at what he was going through. He was looking at what he was going to. His eyes were where he was heading, and that's that. Faith does that. Faith, faith, not focused on what it's going through. Faith is focused on what it's going to. Someone says, "Give me another scripture to prove that." Peter walking on the water. The moment he began to focus on what he was going through and took his eyes off what he was who he was going to, he began to sink, yeah? This is a scriptural principle. It's all over the place. Uh, Hebrews 11 even talks about, you know, if they'd called to mind the country that they'd come out of, they would have had opportunity to return there because they begin to focus on it. Uh, your your life goes in the direction that you're looking at. This still isn't what I was actually going to preach this morning, but it's, it's good. We'll, we'll hang, hammer on this for a bit, yeah? Do you know that your life goes in the direction of what you're looking at? Anyone ever driven a car? Natural principles and spiritual principles go together. You cannot consistently move in a direction different to what you're looking in. And you might briefly be able to. You might be able to just quickly look at something. You know, but if you consistently look in a particular direction, you'll, you'll start turning there. You'll find the cargo of track. If you're not looking... Where are you going? Do you know the, the same is true for a runner running a race, running a you know what do they say to the runners? Don't look at the guy in the lane next to you. Why? Because it's, if you two start looking at each other, you know what's going to happen. You're going to start moving toward each other before you're going to collide and you're both going to fall over. But that's what people think. Oh, oh, I'm going to look at the guy next to me to make sure if he's if, if he's catch, if he, is he catching me. No, I you, you run your race, put your eyes on the finish line and you go. forget about the guy next to you. If he's going to run faster, you then he's going to run faster than you. <laughs> you'll soon know because you'll be out in front of you, then you can, you know but, 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 but don't you cannot consistently look in a direction and keep your eyes on something without going in that direction. So this has got to do with vision. Vision has got to do with what you see, isn't it? Do you know the scriptures say without a vision, my people perish. Now I know people, people, people take that scripture and they talk about write a vision for your life and my, my plans. And you know, we talked about that on, on, on Thursday about my plans. People sometimes make their own manufactured visions and my plans. Okay, But without seeing something, my people perish. Without a vision. That's what vision is. Okay. It's not just talking about making a purpose plan for your life with your vision. You see all these, you know, and I understand, I don't want to criticize what other people have taught, but 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 the concept of vision is scriptural, what you're looking at, what you focus on. God says, if I can't get vision inside of you, my people will perish. If my people can't see it, they're gonna perish. That's what without a vision, my people perish, yeah. Why do you think you've got scriptures where it says, <clears throat> "Keep, keep my word in your ears, but also where in your in the heart as well, That's in the midst of your heart, but also in your eyes, your natural eyes," because he he knows his word needs to build a vision. Very often we talk about um, faith comes by hearing. And that's true. Faith does come by hearing, but your vision is very important too. What you see. That's why hearing and seeing are both, both very important in what's going on the inside of you. You see, you could be hearing one thing, but seeing something else. And you'll actually find very often your vision will then pull down your belief system. You can say, I'm hearing the word, I'm hearing the word, I'm hearing the word. But you're seeing yourself. In negative, in on the inside, on the inside is a vision of yourself in the wrong situation, a vision of yourself failing, a vision of my life just spiraling downward, getting worse, never getting any better. And, and that vision can build on the inside of you, and God can try to build you up with His word and speak His word to you. And the enemy work with that vision to drag you right down. Anyone ever had that happen? Yeah, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is that, that principle's there. But why do you think, do you know there's a lot more about see in Scripture than, 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 we, than, than we realize? Why do, you th- why do you think the Bible talks about being conformed to the image of Christ? What's an image? Do you hear an image or do you see an image? It's one of the reasons many people are not being conformed to the image of Christ, because they, they don't see it yet. They've never built an image inside themselves. They've never seen who he really is. You're never going to be conformed to an image if you're not seeing that image. <laughs> they can't really see Jesus for who he is. What did Paul pray? Open the eyes of my understanding. Uh, it's the, the whole concept of eyes and what you see is all over Scripture. This is because... We got to build up a vision. You got to let the word of God build a vision on the inside of you. If you're believing God for something and yet you're seeing the opposite, We're not believing God to come out of this, but you're seeing yourself fail. I'm, I'm not talking human secular mind game things, I'm talking Bible. Everything I'm saying, I can show you in scripture. Yeah? if if, if you see what you're seeing what your vision is very connected to your belief system Uh, you know it's it's got to do with the way we work people say i don't believe that stuff i know you all do but you know just saying that anyone who listens to the recording afterwards but you know how many how many times does this work in the negative how many times you know when you know you know maybe your spouse is Arrived, it hasn't arrived home yet, and it's like twelve o'clock, and you're expecting them at ten o'clock, and you start to imagine they've had a car crash. Don't tell me imagination is, is not part of how we work. It's not just for the narcissists. God gave us the way you the, the, that seeing things, you see them on a cockroach. you see them lying on the dead ditch, dead. I'm just waiting for the phone call. I've just been sitting here for hours imagining them dead. What's going on inside? The more that image builds, the more you get pulled down into fear and darkness. That works in all kinds of areas. you know. And, and if you can be hearing the word, but still have a vision in line with the enemy's plan now you want the two working together you want the word that you're hearing to build a vision and begin to see yourself differently i remember one minister you, you know he was he was paralyzed most of you know who he is he was paralyzed he was bedfast, fast born with different problems in his body deformed heart conditions you know and, and and doctors told him he won't live past the age of 16 well he ended up living into his 80s that's not bad but um uh, uh, but he was when he was bedfast. On his, he, he ended up for about 18, 16, 18 months, or a year and a half-ish, or something. I don't know the exact figure. But you know, on his deathbed, and, and this is where God began to teach him some things. Someone says, "Why didn't God just make it easy for him and just heal him?" Don't work that way. Sometimes, sometimes we don't see some things when, 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 when we. Uh, and, and sometimes there's some things we've got to see in order to to, to get a hold of some things. It's not that God's dragging it out, okay? I'll, I'll say something about that in just a moment with the, with the blind men. Uh, remember the two blind men. In fact, go, there, go open this one. We haven't even opened a scripture yet, but let, I will open the scripture because I want to point this out quickly. And then I'll go back to the story I was telling. Matthew 9. Let me finish the story and then I'll read the scripture and I do want to say uh, get back to vision, but I want to add in an extra thought here so he's sixteen months on his on his on his deathbed, yeah, and I'm gonna come back to the thoughts of why did it take so long i'm gonna you know why didn't God just make it easy and do it for him? I'll come back to that in a moment but um, he, he he when he eventually got healed, one of the things that he, he said is he said, if I'd seen some things sixteen months before I did, he said I could have got off that deathbed earlier it wasn't that God was delaying some that was holding that out on me. There's some things I hadn't seen yet. But he he used to talk about how, you know, when he was first on that deathbed, he would imagine himself dying. He imagined his funeral. He lay there. I mean, you know, you paralyzed from the neck down, and there were times he could move bits of his body and stuff. But, you know, you're in that kind of condition. Everyone's told you you're going to die. Your mind, it starts to sit there and work on you. And what happens when you imagine bad things like that? You start to feel down, don't you? It pulls you down emotionally. This dark cloud and 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 this it goes on and revolves around in your mind. Well, he said he used to just imagine himself dying. He says, you know, I mean, he couldn't even go out the room, you know, for for, for a cup of coffee or to sit breakfast. He was literally in that room by himself 24/7. And um his mind just worked on him and just, just sat there and worked on him. And he and he used to he would imagine his, his funeral, he imagined his family coming and All standing around his grave, and he said he he looked in, he's like, oh, it's me in the coffin, you know. He was like this. He's imagining this. Everyone leaning over his casket, and then he said he imagined them lowering him in the ground, and 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 then he said, you know, and then there's his tombstone. Here lies, you know, born so and so. We love him, kind of thing. And he said he imagined his tombstone. He imagined winter coming, and all the snow on his tombstone. And then he imagined spring and the flowers and someone coming putting flowers. And he's been, oh, he's been dead a year or two now. This is what was going on in his mind. That's the enemy. This is all the negative stuff. Feeding that, feeding that, feeding that. But he said when he got a hold of the word, one thing he realized, i got to change what I'm meditating on, what I'm imagining. And he said he began to imagine himself preaching. Began to imagine himself getting up off that death. But he stopped, I'm not going to imagine my funeral and my dying. He began to think about himself getting out there to preach. And and, and then that began to work with his preparation. Then he began to prepare messages to preach. He said he never really preached any of them. None of them were that good. I think he said he preached one. I might be wrong. But anyway, but I'm illustrating to the imagination You can just sit there dwelling and the enemy will go, oh, yes, oh, yes, feed that, feed that. You've got to catch that. You've got to begin to realize that you've got to grab that scripture that we started off. The path of the just gets ever brighter. And if I'm imagining anything opposite to that, if I'm thinking about just things getting worse and deteriorating and all these, the enemy sits there, oh, you know, the best days are over. You're over the hill now. It's all downhill from now and whatever other phrases you want to use. It doesn't matter. I, on Thursday night, I told a story about a lady who was in her late 70s and got called to Bible school. She ended up going as a missionary all over, I think, the Philippines and, and, and you know, other, other areas around there and taking the gospel walking, you know, until the day she did die. But there's no point you're over with. Okay. There's no point you're over with in, in God's kingdom. It's the enemy that wants to lie, lie, lie to you about that. Now let me get back to the story. I think we're going to end up mostly sticking on the vision side of things rather than the other message. The other message was good too. Talking about, he was he was preaching to the of the field and envisaging them as being human beings. Yeah, and yeah, and imagining himself preaching to people. Kids, are, I, mean, kid, like Kids are, I mean, he talks about when he was a kid like that. Kids are like that. Kids have an imagination, don't they? That's, what do you think? That's starting dreams, start and 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 direction and life starting to birth on the inside of them. But this is so important that this whole idea of what you see and what you're imagining, what you you've got to allow the word to build your vision. Now, vision is what I see. What am I seeing on the inside of me? Okay, I will come back to the scripture afterwards that I was going to go to because I'm going to stick on the vision thing and then I'll, there's a point I'm going to make out of that. But Remind me if I forget to, to, to come back to that point. Why didn't God just make it easy for him? Okay. Uh, and just heal him on day one, you know? Uh, but anyway, let me stick with vision. Um, you know, there's, there's scriptures in the Bible which says, We walk by faith, not by. Why does he connect sight in to that? Now, that doesn't mean you don't look at anything, sight there means what I see in the natural. Because in that passage, in fact, you find it all the way from. Uh, <laughs> we'll come back to Matthew. Now go to go to second. I think it's Second Corinthians or First Corinthians. This is completely unprepared message today. I was going my prepared message is out the window right now. Is it Second Corinthians three? I think that I want. Yeah. Okay. Second Corinthians. We'll start in in chapter three. It's amazing. It's amazing, uh, really. When you begin, to, the reason I'm starting in chapter three is I want to just kind of work a little bit through chapter three, chapter four, and then into chapter five. Just I'm not going to take all day to do it. It's not going to be a verse by verse study. Um, but um, at the end of chapter three, I've I've done other messages on this. Everyone there in Second Corinthians three. In fact. Starting in verse 7. <laughs> From verse 7, I won't read this all, but verse 7, 7, and 8, he's comparing the ministry of the Spirit with the ministry of Moses, yeah? And he talks about how a veil was put over Moses' eyes when he went up. Now, what does a veil do? Covers. So he, he then likens the veil that Moses put over his eyes to cover his glory-covered face, to a veil over their eyes, stopping them do what, what, what do, stopping them seeing the truth and seeing, and he connects their seeing to a revelation. Yeah? Having basically, in a sense, having a revelation of the glory of the Lord. Now, I want you to notice this whole idea of seeing an image goes through the next few chapters. He sticks with it. Okay. This is not just random things thrown together here. We've not seen, (laughs) talking about seeing, we have not seen what he's actually really talking about half the time in these chapters. But he's on this idea of seeing the veil that's blocking their eyes. Their minds were blinded. Now, why does he talk about their minds were blinded? Why didn't he say their minds were deaf? Because deaf's got to do with hearing. Their minds were? Some they couldn't see this is all on the topic of seeing seeing with your natural eyes, no, their minds were blinded they couldn't he's talking about they couldn't see some things on the inside of them, yeah now in a sense, yeah, he's talking about uh their, their understanding of scripture and it's connected to revelation then um second corinthians three verse eighteen talking about us says, but we all. With unveiled face. Now, what did the veil do? Covered what? Moses' face, but he likens the veil to a veil over their eyes. So every when he says unveiled, think seeing. Because the veil is likened to a blockage that blinds blocks the eyes. Not just the physical eyes, the eyes of the heart. Yeah? So he says, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror. Beholding means means seeing. Yeah? Seeing as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same. An image is something you. You don't hear an image. You see an image. See how seeing is all over this passage. Okay? Then he goes into chapter 4. And even in chapter 3, still on the same topic. But even chapter 4, verse 3, even if our gospel is veiled, remember the veil blocks what? Seeing. If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this age has. Blinded. Stop them seeing. Okay? And then he talks about, verse 6, the, the God God's shining light. What does light enable you to do? Help you hear. You can hear better in the light, can't you? No. Yeah, light's got nothing to do with hearing. In fact, half the time in the darkness, it's a lot stiller and you can hear better. (laughs) So when he talks about the light, he's talking about being able to see some things. Notice the theme. Do you see the theme? Okay. Um, What does he then begin to talk about? He then goes into verse seven, uh, 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 well, actually verse eight. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. What does that mean? Facing some pressures, yeah? Now, is he changing topic? It looks like it. Now, in a sense, there's a degree where he is, but what I want you to see is I'm gonna show you his underlying topic goes right the way through. What's his underlying topic? Seeing what I'm looking at. Now he begins to talk about the pressures he's going through. We're hard pressed on every side, we're not but we're not crushed. You see that does see his attitude. Now one of the things I was going to talk about today was the attitude of a receiver. And I was going to talk about some things about how, because we've been talking about receiving from God. Receivers don't just lay down and let the enemy walk all over them. Okay. Receivers make up their mind. I'm going to get a hold of what God's got for me. The woman with the issue of blood, she didn't just sit around. She just said, I'm going to go get it. I'm not settling for less. Yeah. And you see this attitude in here where he says, Hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. What does that mean? The pressure's on me, but is that pressure crushing me? No. I like what one translation of one of the phrases says, knocked down, but not knocked out. <laughs> what does the Bible say? Though, though the righteous fall seven times, he'll lie there on the floor and quit. He gets back. No, though the righteous fall seven times, he's going to get back up again, yeah? and i know in fall there might mean in the sense of sin or make miss it and it could do, it could also mean knocked flat by the enemy knocks you over do you know what as long as you keep getting up it's not it's not whether you get knocked down it's whether you get back up that's what matters it's not even whether you get knocked down and lay there for 10 minutes <laughs> it's whether you get back up that's what makes the difference yeah you're not beaten As long as you keep getting up, and as long as you keep getting up, the Spirit of God will move on the inside of you and give you the strength to do just that. The enemy wants to knock you down. So here he says, we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. He said, the pressure's on. Did Paul face some pressure? He says, but what is his attitude? That pressure is not going to beat me. That's his attitude. He didn't say, I don't, I don't have any pressure. He just says, it's not going to get the better of me. Now, notice how he phrases. I'll just pick one of the phrases. We're hard. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Do you see that word, but, in your translation? I understand different translations might write this differently. But he says, the pressure's on, but. Yeah? Now, do you know that it makes all the difference which side of but you're on? <laughs> do you know that how you can you can hear a lot by how people use the word but what is he saying here the pressure's on but it's not beating me so which side of but is he on change. this is going to change now which side of but were the children of israel on when they faced the giants I know God gave us the land, but have you seen the giants? Yeah? Do you see which side of butt you're on makes all the difference? You're either, you're either talking about the things of God like it's a distant dream, but all my challenges are keeping me out of it, or you're talking about the things of God like we're going in, and those just challenges are a little bit of an inconvenience. Someone says, but you don't know what I face. Anyone here being beaten, whipped, left for dead, three, 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 thirty-nine stripes, a shipwreck? Anyone ever be that? You, you, yeah, you, you might have had some of these. You haven't got the more we list it. Who am I talking about? The Apostle Paul, yeah. You, you know that he lists. You list his things. You know what? He lists the challenges he went through, and he calls it my light affliction. <laughs> I heard someone say this uh, this week. He said, how do you like to go work for that ministries? Light affliction ministries. When you, when, you, when you go and work for them, they say, you ready to be shipwrecked? You ready to be beaten? This is the kind of thing that happens around this ministry. Well, no, I thought I was going to have a nice comfy job. Well, you know, in this ministry, you you might be whipped, beaten. Not by us. <laughs> but, you know... The, but we call it light affliction ministries. You know what? Because we ain't pulled down by it. That stuff comes not pulling us down. We're, we're, we're going to get back up every time. That's not a bad name for the ministry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Paul. But this is what Paul says. All of this coming at me, but I'm not in despair. I'm not. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. And he talks about, So he's, he's, I'm just going to race through this because I'm trying to get somewhere. He's talking about all the pressure on him, yeah? And then verse 13, and since we have the same spirit of faith, what is the spirit of faith? That's, okay, you could call it the spirit of God, but I, 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 think, I think there it's not just talking about the spirit in the sense of a actual spirit. It's talking about an attitude or a mentality. The spirit of faith. Remember the Bible says about Caleb, he had a different spirit about him. We, that's how we can use the phrase sometimes. Okay, And he says, the spirit of faith. Do you know that the spirit of faith is an attitude? You, a person can have faith, but not have the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is the kind of attitude that will not be beaten. It's the kind of attitude that won't be dominated. It's the kind of attitude that says, I'm, I'm, you can knock me down, but I'm going to get back up. That's an attitude. Yes? That's the spirit of faith. It says, we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believed and therefore I spoke. And we know believing and speaking are the core values of faith. Are they not? Okay. Now, now notice this. I haven't moved away from seeing yet. I'm just giving you a bit of context. He, so he talks about his pressure and he talks about we've got a spirit of faith. Then where does he go? In fact, yes, the verse. (laughs) I didn't realize it was right here. Look at verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Here it is. For our light affliction. Yeah? What's his attitude toward his problems? What does the enemy want you? The enemy wants to weigh you down with the size of your problems. Who is he exalting? Is he exalting his problems? That's just a light affliction. No, it's not a big problem. He says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, what does he come back to? While we do not look, there's your eyes again. We do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. Now, this is a great verse to pull out by itself, but I wanted you to see the flow of context. All the way since chapter three, he's been talking about what you're looking at, what you see. And then he takes a bit of a side journey to talk about his challenges. He says, I've got a spirit of faith. Then he comes back to, let me tell you what we're looking at. My eyes. We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now, notice this. He doesn't say we don't look at anything. He doesn't say, I walk around with my eyes closed. He says, I don't look at the things that are seen. You could add this phrase in, but I do look at the things that are not seen. So he's not saying, I'm not looking at anything. He doesn't say faith doesn't look at anything. But what you're looking at makes all the difference to your faith. What your eyes are on, what is building that vision on the inside of you, makes all the difference to your faith. And this goes all the way back to chapter 3, where he's talking about image, the veil, eyes blinded. Why would he cover this over multiple chapters if your eyes and what you see didn't matter? Do you see the point I'm making? This isn't just a randomly thrown in verse. This is actually part of the core teaching going all the way from chapter three. The other things are kind of the side journeys. The core teaching is your eyes, your vision, what you're looking at, what you see, or what you're blinded to. Because you've got to make up your mind what you're looking at, what what you're going to focus on. And we're going to look at the challenge. I'm going to look at the problem. If the enemy can get you so zeroed in and focused, and that everything, you know, we almost call it tunnel vision, which all you can see. This is why there's some people that are trying to believe God for something and trying to listen to the word and build their faith up, and they're trying to hear, 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 but their vision is opposite. They're seeing the opposite, and the enemy's got them on their vision. You're going to say, no, no, I'm going to change what I'm looking at. I'm going to change what I focus at. I'm going to change what I'm... I'm not going to see this image of constant dis- despondency, never, nothing ever getting better. You know what? I'm going to start to build an image on the inside of me of what God says. When God says, I give you a future and a hope, oh, that's what I'm going to believe. When God says you're blessed, I'm going to build that into my on, on the inside of me. I'm going to choose to see that. Would you not look at the things which are seen, but at the evidence of, of things not seen? What is Hebrews 11? Just stay here. Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance of things hopeful, the solid ground upon which we build our expectations. Okay, faith is the substance of things hopeful. But what is the next phrase? The evidence of things. Seeing, there it is again. Seeing is integral to faith. It's built in, it's part of it. It's what the enemy doesn't want us to realize. Didn't Jesus talk about people who could... Who, 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 who saw with their eyes but did not see he called the, the pharisees blind guides of the blind do you know there's more record of jesus healing physically blind people than he, any other condition in fact it was one of the prophecies of the messiah he will open the eyes of the blind What's God trying to tell us by putting so much in the New Testament about eyes, sight, blindness, vision? Paul, open the eyes of their understanding. Why has God put so much in his word about this? Is this just nice poetic language? Or is he trying to teach us your focus, your imagination, what you're looking at on the inside makes all the difference? It goes back to that simple illustration of driving a car. Or walking down the road. How many ever tried to walk down the road with your eyes closed? And say, I wonder if I'm going to walk in a straight line. How far you have to do this in a big park. Whether you're not going to walk into something. Anyone ever tried I've done that. I thought we've all done it at some point. I'm going to see how far I can walk in a straight line. Without walking into something. And then you're peeking thinking, where's that tree? Have I walked into the tree yet? Okay. Because in order to move in a direction. You must be able to see you cannot move in a direction you cannot see and that is naturally true and it is spiritually true and if your the, your eyes turn onto another direction what direction when peter was walking in the water apart from the direction of down sinking but what direction did he start to move he moved in the direction of his eyes well, at first he's looking at Jesus, he's moving in the direction of Jesus. Then it says he saw the wind and the waves, and suddenly it affected, it affected his faith. He moved in the direction of what he looked at. Right, here, 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 here's something that'll help you. Your vision, what you see, this is the illustration I use for this. Anyone ever been fishing? Anyone here like fishing? You've been fishing? I've been fishing. Anyone know the basic concept of fishing? You have a fishing rod, you have a long piece of nylon, you have a hook, and hopefully you have a fish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But but you know what? When you go fishing, and you th- throw your rod, you know you know the cast, whatever the terminology is. They they is it cast? cast? Cast, yeah. And they throw it out, and it goes, and you're going, and you hopefully you've got a sinker and a hook, and it all goes in the water. Now. What are you trying? You're trying to catch a fish. Yeah. But before you get the fish, you've got to get attached to that fish. And you've got to get that fish attached to you. Yeah. What t- And that fish might be way out there. I was going to say like five miles, but it's not really like that with a fishing rod. hundred feet. I don't know how far they, they fish, but that fish is out there in the water. You don't have the fish yet, do you? But in order to get the fish to you, it's got to become attached to you somehow. So the fish is still in your future. I could actually prove this. I can give you a scripture for this. It's in Hebrews 11. The fish is in your future. And you throw that out there. And that nylon, once that fish bites and gets attached to the hook, that fish is connected to you. Now you start to reel it in. Yeah and you draw that fish to yourself, okay? That fish can be your healing, can be your answered answer, can be what you need. Your fishing rod is your faith. Do you know what the nylon connecting you to the fish is? It's your vision. Your vision attaches you to something that's not yet in your life. And as you look at it, your life moves in that direction. And your faith, as you're confessing and speaking the word, is drawing that vision to yourself. That's an amazing illustration. There are many people that are trying to draw something like healing or trying to draw something to themselves, but they've not attached their vision to it yet. And so they're pulling it in and it comes up empty. And they're like, well, why didn't that work? And then they throw it out again, they pull it out again. They never get a vision built on the inside of them. And they'll say, well, I am believing God. Well, yes, I do believe the word. Yes, I am speaking the word. Yes, but what's your vision doing? That's where the enemy's defeating you. All the time, you're speaking the word, confessing the word. On the inside, you're seeing all the negative, and you're seeing everything going wrong. And your life will move in the direction of what you look at and what you see. Faith, the substance, things. Hopefully the evidence of things not seen. Yeah, It's the evidence. Your faith. Your faith attaches to your vision. They work together. Okay. Now, this is why it says, this is why this phrase, verse 18. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Uh, while we do not look at, look at, look at. That's my eyes. Look at the things which are seen. What does the enemy want you looking at? What's going on around you? And, and how do people then pray? They're so looking at what they're going around, their prayers become governed by this. Oh, Lord, do you not know what I'm going through? Now, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying that mockingly, but not. But that we begin to pray what we see. Our prayers become governed by what we see. I wonder if your praying would change. If what you saw changed, if you're seeing yourself say, Oh Lord, please. But if you begin to see, if the word begins to build an image on the inside of you, do you think it'll change the way you pray? And you begin to speak out that image of what the word says in your life. What you see is so vital. You can't consistently get your life to move in a direction that's different to what you're looking at. It works in the natural, it works in the spirit. Your faith has to work with your vision. Has to. This is one of the areas the enemy attacks so much is people's vision and what they see. And we've not been taught about this enough. We've heard a lot about faith comes by hearing Good truth, we've heard about speaking the word. Good truth, I believe all of that. But we've not heard enough about what I'm looking at. The vision that's built on the inside of me. That's why you keep your eyes on the word and your ears. This is what he's trying to say. Let my word build your vision so that you begin to see what my word says. And as that vision builds, your life will move in the direction of that vision, the new vision of the promises of God and what he said. Okay? So verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now, is he finished talking about seeing things now? Well, no. Keep going. Chapter 5. Okay? He, he, he seems to change topic again. His earthly tent, the heavens, his physical body. But what does he say in chapter 5, verse 7? For we walk by faith, not by. He's back on sight again, isn't he? Is he just randomly dropping and changing topics here? Or is there a topic which goes through all of these chapters? There is. It's what you're looking at your sight, your vision. We could see if there's any more. I've never really looked at if there's any more further than that, but but certainly it's 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 important in those passages. So should we really take the time to make sure our vision is, is 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 correct? And is this an area the enemy works hard at getting your vision? You wake up in the middle of the night, and what happens? Thoughts start going through your mind and your images. <laughs> You're seeing yourself, seeing everything going wrong. And then what starts to work with that? Your worries, your fears. They all start to work with the, 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 the images and what you're seeing. And it all starts to pull you in the wrong direction. Just like, just like that minister. He just saw himself dying. Saw his funeral. He saw it all going wrong. No, you've got you to take that scripture I started off on, Proverbs 4. I got a future and a hope. My life's getting brighter. In fact, I see my life better tomorrow. I see God. God's promises coming to pass. Might feel hopeless. Might feel like I'm in the middle of a wilderness. But you know what? I'm not going to accept that lie that yesterday was the best part of my life. is ever going to be? I might have had it good yesterday. I'm not going to, you don't have to. Admit it. If you had it good yesterday, praise God, you had it good. But I'm not going to believe the lie that it'll never get better than, than, than I've had in the past and that it's all going down from now. I'm going to believe the truth of the scriptures and the word where God says he has a future and a hope for me. And I'm going to build that image on the inside of me that I'm going somewhere. And my life is going in the direction and it's going to get better. And that's what I'm going to choose to believe. Amen.